0: Joanna, do you ever wish you could definitively prove that you had the right opinions about movies? Uh, yeah, Neil, because I do have the right opinions about movies and television, right, Dave? No, because I'm more right about those things, and I demand trial by content. Oh boy, what is trial by content? Each week, we'll take on a huge question. Each of us will bring a choice, and combined with listener submissions and your votes, we will come to a decision. It's trial by content every Tuesday on Spotify, TheRinger.com, or wherever you're listening right now. Don't let Neil win.
1: Don't let Dave win. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, March 24th, and we have a big Oscars Palooza show today, a special edition, two guests, both of whom are experts on all things Oscars and the award show discourse, as they say. So Mark Harris is an author. He is a prolific film tweeter. We talk about the eight categories that have been bumped off the Oscars and whether that's a good idea or not. Spoiler, I think it is. Spoiler, he does not think it is. It's a great debate. Then we got Joe Adalian on the show. We are going to be talking about the award show conundrum. Can these things be saved? Will they exist in a streaming universe? Joe has opinions. He's written on the subject, and we'll get into all of that. I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, I'm here with Mark Harris. In addition to being a fantastic tweeter, he is a journalist, an author. His most recent book, Mike Nichols, A Life, is fantastic. I read it, I recommend it. For anyone who wants a nice portrait of Hollywood over the past few decades through the eyes of an incredibly talented person, um, it's out on paperback right now. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Mark and I have had a little bit of a Twitter discourse, as they say, Uh, over the past couple of weeks, over the Oscars. And a very controversial decision that was made this year after years and years of toying with the idea, doing it and then walking it back, they are finally making some significant changes to the Oscars this year. They are going to present eight of the, for lack of a better word, lesser interest categories on a pre-show before the actual telecast. Then they're going to package up those acceptance speeches and run them as edited versions during the show. Now, the Academy says that this will all be done very respectfully, that you know the emotions of the speeches will still be included in the show. Um, I think a lot of people who have followed the Academy over the years and some of the debacles on Oscar telecasts are skeptical that that will actually happen. My take on this is I actually think this is a good thing. I think that this is long overdue and that if the Oscars want to reverse the ratings freefall that has occurred over the past few years they need to think about completely dismantling the show and rebuilding it for a modern audience
2: mark you disagree i do <laughs> i i actually don't think the oscars need to be saved uh but i do think uh that the the process of um putting the Oscar show on every year absolutely needs to be saved from the people who are convinced that they have what it takes to fix it. I think right now that is the the biggest hazard, the conviction that the Oscars are broken um, and that uh, this year, uh, whoever the new producer is, because there is a new producer literally every year is going to be the one to crack it. I think that's a broken model. Uh, I would agree with
1: you on that, but can we at least start from the premise that, The Academy Awards are the greatest promotional stunt ever invented. I mean, think about it. 1929, it's a relatively new industry. The moguls got together and they said, okay, how do we get the world to care about this product? We're going to have a contest. It's going to be voted on by the movie makers. It's pure promotion. And because the audience is invested in these movies, it will get them to want to see it. And over the past decades, we've seen the Oscar telegas, in addition to being incredibly popular, it was getting you know 40 million viewers a decade ago. Um, it has been a very lucrative jumping point for the movies themselves.
2: Sure. And, and if we take that as the definition that it's this great promotional vehicle, one thing that has really stunned me this year is... Uh, That although we've heard a ton from the producer and a ton from the Academy about how desperately the show needs to change, we've heard almost nothing from them about the movies. That basic (laughs) function that you're talking about, that this is a way to get people excited about seeing this array of, of film product every year, kind of seems to have been left off to the side this year, which I think goes to the heart of One of the big issues I have with how this is being handled, it's, it doesn't seem to be at the movies. It seems to be about like fixing a broken TV show or something.
1: Well, but the Oscars is a TV show, and that's been the crux of my argument is that, yes, and I know why they're doing that. I think we both do. They they know that the decline in ratings over the past few years has coincided with the caliber of movie that has been nominated for Best Picture. Generally speaking, with exceptions, these are movies that the general movie-going populace has not seen. There's been a greater divide than ever between the Artsy, you know, awards-worthy films and the commercial mainstream movies that are largely superhero or IP-driven franchises. So that, given that, the Oscars is a telecast. They need to think of this. They have a billion-dollar TV deal with ABC, and they want to keep movies and the Oscars relevant with a mainstream audience. Do you, you know, sit and play the fiddle on the Titanic and just let it all go down? Or do you think strategically, as decades' worth of people in the entertainment have, how do we make this fresh for a modern audience? And I think they're at least trying to do the
2: latter. Okay, I think here's where I disagree. Because to me, the trend is not that the Oscars ratings have plunged as the movies they nominate get more esoteric. It's that the Oscars ratings have plunged as All of the ratings for everything on network television, including all award shows, have plunged. I mean, the Oscars are like, they came in last year at about a third the ratings of what they were doing um, 15 years ago. So did Grey's Anatomy. So did Law & Order SVU. So did every other award show. And to me, when I look at this year's set of 10 nominees, and obviously we're in a pandemic, so it's been, you know, it's been very iffy in terms of people going to see the movies, but you have, like, a big old-fashioned but new-fashioned musical, West Side Story. You have a sci-fi epic, Dune. You have a film noir, Um Uh, Nightmare Alley. You have a period family drama in Belfast and a contemporary family drama in Coda. Uh, We have uh, a kind of modern western in... Power of the Dog, you know, if we I'm, I'm missing uh, nominations, we have a, a, a foreign film way, way out of left field, Drive My Car. We have a political satire, Don't Look Up. Um, you know, this is a pretty good array of the different kinds of movies that can come out every year. And it ranges from Dune, which, you know, made over a hundred million dollars, not an easy thing to pull off last year to a movie as small as Drive My Car that got there purely on Love So um, I don't think the problem is the movies, except to the degree that since the movie studios have abandoned almost everything, as you say, that is not sort of action or superhero driven IP. Um, every movie is in the contest, with the possible exception of Dune, is kind of an exception to what Hollywood is doing these days. But I don't see that reversing because I don't see voters for the Academy suddenly saying, uh-oh, we better really nominate only the most popular stuff every year or people are going to start st- stop watching the show altogether. I don't think that's the way voters think.
1: No, and they tried that by... Extending the Best Picture category from five to ten, and then you know as many as ten, and now it's back to ten again. And the hope was that more commercial movies would make it in. And I think you know, to, el- to I think that that Don't Look Up and Dune are probably in that second half of nominees that did benefit, and they're both wildly popular movies. Um, but there's no Spider Man, and I think right. if if it had happened, I know there was sort of a ham-fisted attempt to get it a nomination. Um, it didn't
2: happen, and and it probably would have helped you know and i think like hamfisted you're exactly right you know the if if there was a campaign to be waged for spider-man it was not by sort of saying belatedly and hastily you should give us this because we're really big like that does not sell but i do want to point out that that, you know, a lot of people are saying that the omission of Spider-Man is an indication that the Academy votership is just wildly out of touch. And it is the same Academy that nominated Black Panther for Best Picture a couple of years ago that gave Joaquin Phoenix Best Actor for the Joker, um, or Joker, I'm sorry, I can never remember whether there's a thought <laughs> or not, um, that nominated Titanic and Avatar sure. and- Mad Lord Max. Of the, right, Mad Max. So when they see a big- studio blockbuster that they're really, really impressed by. They're absolutely capable of kind of stepping out of what you think is the Academy comfort zone and nominating it. They, they didn't happen to do that this year. I guess they just felt that the, third movie in the series of the second reboot of a comic book character in 20 years was maybe not the biggest leap forward uh, that, that, that uh, would merit an Oscar nomination. And I say that as someone who really liked the Spider-Man movie a lot. Um... But you know, I don't think there would have been a magic rating spike if um, Spider-Man had been nominated. I don't think there's a whole array of young people out there who would be like, "Oh, well, I'm definitely going to sit down for three and a half hours now to see if Spider-Man wins." They didn't do that with Black Panther, um, so I think we we tend to overstate maybe how much a change in any given year can reverse. A ratings trend that is a giant industry-wide catastrophe. Frankly,
1: I, I do think Tom Holland and Zendaya as hosts would have moved the needle. Um, but you know, totally you, agree. Nobody wants to host the Oscars. I mean, that's the, the 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 truth in Hollywood is that nobody wants that job, and you're a you're up on a pedestal. Everyone shoots arrows at you. There's not much of a bump, and if you're a star that that matters. You don't need it anymore. So that's a separate Great. topic. I want to get back to your point you made about everything declining in broadcast, um, and which is true. The ratings on, on broadcast for shows like Grey's Anatomy are way down. But those shows have an audience elsewhere. You know, everybody watches those shows on streaming now. And there has not been a transition of the award show show. Model over to the streaming video on demand universe. It is a live event for the most part. They're trying. Amazon tried with the country music show a couple of weeks ago. But I think that that is the big difference here is that these shows only exist on broadcast. And if you put a little bit more effort into making the content undeniable, there would be an increased incentive for people to tune in. And when I say undeniable, I mean exclusive things that you cannot see anywhere else except on the Oscars. I mean, I'm looking at a column that I literally wrote in 2009 for Hollywood Reporter. It's called New Movie Trailers Could Boost Oscar Ratings. And my point essentially was make time on the show for five lotteried spots for the studios to debut original footage of movies that are coming out later this year. Give movie fans a first look at what they're likely going to see later in the, in the year. And that would make the content something that you could not see anywhere else. And in that column, I said, including trailers probably would force producers to cut musical numbers or shorten presentations of some awards. That's what I hope they are doing with the time that they are saving by presenting these categories off state, or off the telecast.
2: We we will see what they're doing with that time. I'm so thrilled, of course, that they've made room for um elderly anti-vax surfer Kelly Slater, because that's really what the Oscars should be all about. I mean, thank goodness that we're not, you know, seeing awards presented fully so that so that, that can happen. Um, but but yeah, I think you're basically right about that. That you know, it's it's not magic. What the Oscars need to be about are Movies, this year's movies, not the magic of movies, but these movies right now. And that includes movies that are coming up this year. I think that would be a way to get people really excited. They need to be about that. They need to be, I would say, a little bit more about um, movie history than they've been, not in a pedantic way, but like some of the greatest moments in recent Oscar history were, for instance, like the year that Sydney Poitier got that Lifetime Achievement Award, which was the same year that Denzel Washington and Halle Berry won Best Actor and Best Actress. That was a great moment. And it was a great moment that was only possible because they hadn't moved the honorary awards off to this untelecast governor's awards thing. So you do need to nod to movie history a little. You absolutely need to put this year's movies. And I would say to your point, next year's movies front and center. Um, and in the course of that, you need to have like five songs and present a couple of dozen awards. It can be done, um, but it doesn't require throwing everything out. And and I would say it doesn't require pushing these uh, eight awards to a sort of second-class citizen status, which I don't think is going to do much for the show. So
1: let's look at the other award shows. And I know we're talking about the Oscars, but the Grammys, they only present a handful of the many, many awards on the telecast. And I know that they have music that you know is, is content that they can fill the show with and it becomes a big concert. So it's slightly different, but they only present a few. The Tonys booted some of the awards off to a telecast that was only on streaming. The Emmys have two separate ceremonies to keep the technical categories untelevised why should the oscars be any different why makes this why is this academy precious and special
2: well, I, I will say that uh, other than the Grammys some years, all of those shows that made those smart innovations that you're talking about still get lower ratings than the Oscars. Um, so uh, obviously the Oscars are still doing something right. But the, the, the thing I would argue that makes the Oscars special is this. The movie industry is this horribly hierarchical thing where the gap between movie stars and directors and producers who make a ton of money and can be really famous and get every perk known to man, the gap between them and the sound guys, the engineers, the technicians, the costume designers who do most of their work anonymously and aren't zillionaires is huge. But for one night a year, you get this thing, which is really unique in, in, awards in movie awards it's not given by journalists it's not given by broadcast critics it's not given by individual guilds it's the entire industry coming together to honor its own best people and for that one night a production designer who wins an award is as big a deal for his two minutes as an actress who wins an award is for her two minutes and i don't think at its best when the show has been really well done which it has sometimes people come away excited about movies and excited about the way movies are made. Um, And I think that that level playing field can be preserved without doing this thing, which, yeah, the Tonys have done, they've presented things earlier and then done this either earlier this evening, awards went to blah, 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 or here's a little piece of an awards thing. It's not graceful. It doesn't make for a smooth telecast. Um, I mean, Last year, the Tonys only presented three awards on the air. It didn't do much for the Tonys. It was like the lowest rated Tonys ever. Um, so uh, to the extent that you need to bring in new audiences, which I agree that you do, I think, you know, what you said, Tom Holland and Zendaya as, as uh, hosts, that would actually move the needle. Making eight awards slightly shorter is not going to move the needle, I don't think.
1: All right, so at at Hollywood Reporter, they used when I was there, they used to Nielsen used to give us a minute by minute breakdown of the show, and there were two things during the show that seemed to influence ratings more than anything else. One was the length, because the further you go past eleven p.m. on the East Coast, the ratings just simply drop off. So. A, a an otherwise well watched show can absolutely be killed by going forty five minutes over, and the audience tanks, which tanks the rest of the show. And the second was there was a viewership drop during that those you know periods when there were no celebrities. And I agree with you that when you're in the room, and you and I have both been in the room, that you never know where the great moments are going to come from, where you know some sound designer who gets up there and proposes to his wife or to his fiance, or someone you know starts crying, or the, the emotion of those speeches can be great, and sometimes, frankly, better than the actors who have been giving essentially the same award speeches throughout the season. But this strategy captures those moments and cuts out the two-minute walk to the stage, which is a real thing because often these winners are not seated next to Jack Nicholson and Nicole Kidman. Um, and it cuts out some of the potentially boring stuff that the average viewer doesn't want. And I do think that the academy it, this is a this is a an industry that is built upon appealing to an audience and keeping the audience foremost in their heads at all times. And I feel like it's this strange thing that the Oscars has not kept the audience in its head and it is the audience that people need to think about and the Nielsen numbers show it.
2: Well, a- absolutely. It's true that after 11 o'clock, whether you've given best picture or not, the numbers start to drop off. One solution would be um, start the show earlier, you know, start the show at seven 30 rather than eight. And, and if you do run over that three hour mark, you'll still get the East coast to bed by 11. Although my understanding from reading the papers is that people don't go to jobs anymore. Cause like Mm -hmm. Um, employment is over so maybe they can stay up a little later um but but yeah move it earlier because it's true the longer the show goes after 11 the lower ratings you're going to get and for the celebrity thing yeah you're absolutely right and i think that one thing that we've seen if we go through the last 20 years of shows some of the shows have been quite good many have not been one difference is the producers of Produce Good Shows have acted really strategically to make sure that when you're not giving a high impact, high celebrity award, you have fairly regularly either a spectacular nominated song sung by, by famous people or really, really high end presenters Um or some kind of special thing that will bring famous people onto the screen. Cause I'm not like such a snob that I don't think that's important. It absolutely matters. And it's one of the jobs of a producer to make sure that there isn't this like one hour and 15 minute walk through the valley of the shadow of death where nothing seems to be happening on the show. And it's only not famous people giving awards to not famous people like as a producer. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to manage that, but it has been done. It can be done. And I would argue that the way to do it in the future is to walk away from this idea of a new producer every year, go back, look at who has done this show. Well, people like Bill Condon, Learn from them and then pay someone a fortune, which the Academy has, to give someone a three or a five year contract so that you can create a show with some continuity and some sense of it not having to be reinvented every single year.
1: I agree with you. I think they need to start paying people to make this show better. And I wouldn't just stop at the producer. I would pay the hosts a lot. I mean, the Golden Globes did a multi-year deal with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and paid them. And you know, it, they're great hosts. Like pay someone if they have the money to do it. And I agree that they do need a professional producer to do this. I mean Will Packer, the current producer of the show is a very talented film and television producer. He's not a live event producer. Right. And they need a live event producer in, in my opinion that has a track record and there are those people out there that would do the show. So we shall see, Mark Harris, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, His new book is actually, it's not so new, but it's new in paperback. Mike Nichols, A Life. Go out and buy it. It's a a fantastic book. Thank you very much. And uh, maybe we'll DM a little after the show and uh, someone can claim that they were right.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks again for having me. No problem. All right, we are here with
1: Joe Adalian. Joe is a fantastic journalist, writer. He pens a newsletter for Vulture called Buffering that looks at everything In the streaming universe, I am a a weekly reader of that. And Joe, you wrote a recent column about an effort to remake an award show for streaming because, and that caught my eye because, you know, one of the problems with these award shows and the Oscars in particular is that they are linear television live events. And as we know, audiences are not there on linear television the way they once were. People are on streaming services. But the awards show hasn't really transferred over to the streaming universe yet. And yet there was this experiment recently. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, uh, Amazon uh, Prime Video bought the rights to the um, uh, Academy of Country Music Awards, um, and uh, which had been on CBS forever. CBS didn't want to keep paying the license fee that its producer, Dick Clark Productions, now um, MRC Live, wanted. Uh, so it moved over there. And they basically, look, they took advantage of the fact that they didn't have commercials um, and they could keep it to a tight two-hour runtime without commercials, which is about the same as what it would run on CBS, where it would be three hours, but about an hour of it would be commercials. <laughs> um and um they made it a crisper uh faster paced show uh without commercials and it it did okay in terms of how it looked in terms of how many people watched no idea
1: well that's the big mystery is that you know on streaming they don't have to tell us and you know we'll see if they do it again because that's the the tell on these things now i watched a little bit of the acm awards i thought it was fine It's just, you know, it was basically a concert, you know, they wheeled out Dolly Parton and they, you know, threw it to different performances and around the stadium in Vegas, but they sprinkled in a couple awards. Didn't feel the urgency or the kind of kinetic energy of a live telecast, perhaps because I watched it on streaming at 11 o'clock at night. But is that something that can fundamentally be recreated on streaming or are these shows going to have to figure out a way to live as their own content outside of the awarding of awards?
0: Well, look, the, the, yes and no. I, I mean, I think first of all, the ACMs is a weird example as is any music show, right? Uh, what Amazon did could have been done on a broadcast network too. It just would have had commercial breaks, right? If commercial and, and the Grammys, as it is, you know, and the American Music Awards, billboards—they're also heavily about concert performances and less about awards they've also long ago moved away from that sort of urgency right but, but there's
1: the- a moment thing like you never like on these shows it's like what JLo j-lo or kanye gonna do and there's a moment where you feel like there's a, a spontaneity and a, <clears throat> there's a spontaneity and you know almost like a tension over what might happen and that can't really be recreated well, sure, in that. And if
0: you if you watch live, Matt I mean, I watched it live, you watched it on delay so okay. you can watch the Oscars on Hulu on Monday and it'll be a very different show because you probably will have heard who won and also let's face the fact, you don't care who won the ACM Awards, you don't probably even know half the artists, maybe you do, maybe you're a country music fan, but it doesn't have the same, no one's tracking it in the same way I think if the Emmys were on streaming and it streamed exactly at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 Pacific and people tuned into Amazon or TV or Pluto which is a very live feel experience. It would basically be the same thing. I mean, people as it is. Let's face it. A lot of people are watching award shows on streaming now. They're just watching it through you know YouTube TV or or some other thing. It's it's coming through streaming. So streaming is it's just it's it's the difference is commercials. Commercials can make a change uh, because you're not you don't have that steady interruption and everything else. But I think the Oscars on streaming, if it had commercials, would, would not look much different. I think people know how to tune in at the same time. By the way, the case in point is so many people who watch you. On HBO Max Sunday nights, very few people watch it on HBO. Linear, they watch it on HBO Max. They may not start it exactly at nine oh one or ten oh one PM, but they watch within that within that hour roughly. And there's
1: a sense of urgency there too. So I I I don't buy that because but that's it's a much- that's a scripted show though. I, I I we you know we've seen ratings for these award shows decline over the past five years, especially. It's really been a drop-off. The Oscars got 10.4 million last year, which was a huge drop-off. But all these shows are down. Now, do you think that the there will be a turnaround once people become used to seeing these things primarily on streaming? Or is the award show a live telecast format that will, you know, at some point go the way of the you know, hee-haw variety show and just ride into oblivion?
0: I don't see any reason. Look, I mean, the award shows were already under attack before streaming because of the fact that um, they were more ubiquitous. There are more of them out there. Uh, Hollywood has decided to turn award season into this month-long event uh, marathon with different shows, SAG, and this, and so it takes some of the energy out of it. Um, um, and, you know, uh, but... But the biggest thing that's happened is it's not just that award shows have lost ratings. Everything has lost ratings. Linear television ratings have collapsed across the board in in tandem. So have broadcast award shows. Uh, So have cable ratings have gone down. And streaming, I'll bet you that the amount of people who are watching shows within a certain window are also declining because there's so many more streaming shows. It's more difficult for Netflix to get attention. Netflix's share of of the streaming audience has shrunk over the last two or Three years. Why? Because we've seen an explosion, a doubling of the number of platforms. People can only watch so much. So, in the past, whereas there were a lot of viewers who watched out of default, because, hey, what do you do? You click on the TV, see what's on. Okay, well, the Oscars are, I'm going to watch that. There are only three other choices. The broadcast networks may have sort of, no one wants to compete against it, so they put on reruns or other shows. There's no choice. There's unlimited choice now. People, so the casual viewers have really sort of gone away and it's going to be hard anyway to get them back. There's still a value for ABC. ABC sold out advertising. Uh, They're going to make two and a half to three million per spot. That's going to be a benefit to them. More people are still going to be watching ABC tomorrow uh this weekend um then then almost any other time of the year uh because they have be enough live
1: sports but they also pay a billion dollars for their 10-year deal to broadcast the show through 2028 and they had to actually give the academy had to give some of that money back last year because the ratings were so bad
0: absolutely. The the prices are probably out of whack, although everything in television pricing has gone out of whack. Look how much Amazon spends for scripted shows. Uh, Amazon spent $20 million for for that one award show, which is a lot less than the Oscars, obviously, but they didn't reap it back with advertising. So ABC also gets some money back for advertising. Remember, if you're getting all those advertising spots, I'm not sure that ABC is necessarily losing a lot of money on the Oscars. So they're making less, but they're not necessarily um, losing any money.
1: Mark Harris and I just had a whole debate over the booting of eight categories off the show and my argument is this is a telecast for an audience you have to respect the audience and do something that they're going to like but does it matter or is this are these shows doomed to decline in viewership unless they can be you know somehow resurrected on streaming um or
0: i I, look i think they can survive on on broadcast especially if broadcast gets to the point where they can get their affiliates under control and you know they can simultaneously stream on hulu disney plus and abc there's no reason they can't be in all three except that affiliates are just they refuse to go into the modern age um for for the biggest award shows um i i think It'll be very interesting to see this year's ratings. There's a, I think there's a chance the ratings go up because I feel like last year, the last two years have sort of, uh, or maybe just last year, I can't remember which ones were pandemic related. Were there, were there two Oscars? It was just,
1: no, it was just last year right. because the 2020 Oscars happened pre-pandemic. Right. Um, so, um, right, because of the Olympics.
0: And and so I, I think there's a chance you could see a little bit of a dead cat bounce and you could see them go up a little bit or at least stay flat. Mark, I'll, I'll be embarrassed if they actually go down another 20%, which is also possible bbc is a network has a lot of really bad ratings um i think there are people more people are seeing more movies this year they're thinking about movies in a different way they don't feel like stuff that was just shunted off to streaming i think i think there needs to be sort of um people need to be open to compromise on this i think people who just say let's make a show for the hardcore fans and don't worry about anyone else that's all that matters that's stupid respectfully, uh, because I feel that, uh, uh, um, yes, the fans are big, but but it's still a show. Even if you love movies, people forget some of those categories on the Oscars. They're just, I don't know these people or these movies or what they do. And I don't need to have a full hour devoted to that. That's excessive. You can still honor people. You can still have them get their, their awards. You don't have to show everything. So let's see how Will Packer is able to sort of use this sort of new format and if it can give them you know if it can make room for better features and more tributes and more clips that's fine if, if they do a lot of stunting and a lot of things that just look like it's playing to the, the bleachers and the fan favorite thing which is probably being overhyped because it's probably just something that's being used on social media and it'll be like in between commercials they'll say and the fan right. favorite movie is this and people are getting worked up about that it. it's like who cares it's stupidity yes but whatever totally agree social totally media. agree no offense to my social media managers but a lot of this on social media stupid. So, um, so that's not the problem. The problem is can they make a good show? And yes, but I do think, yes, it should be targeted as people who really love movies. It should have the longest possible in memoriam segment. That's the grandest, most elaborate, you know, um, montage. You should have lots of clips. You should have, bring back the lifetime achievements. It's stupid not to have that. If have the people that people really care about, yes, devote 15 minutes of a broadcast to that people love that people, older viewers want to see some of old Hollywood back out there, you know, Um, as opposed to some of the presenters I see, I don't think they're going to get some of the people who have been announced as presenters are not going to get young people to watch because they're not watching linear TV. They will watch the clips on YouTube, on Twitter. So make a show that's primarily for people over 40, people who love movies. But at the same time, you don't have to make it boring. And it doesn't mean you can't also experiment with the fact that every Oscar category is not sacred um, in terms of how you present the awards. Every category should be represented because it's the totality of the music industry, uh, the
1: movie industry. But deep water. I think <laughs> oh, wow. ben, a- ben Affleck and Anna de Armas need to come out and do a live reading of some of the great scenes from Deepwater. If you haven't watched it, it's highly entertaining. Okay, all right, that is Joe Adalian. He is a writer for New York Magazine's Vulture, and he writes a newsletter called Buffering, which is great. Thanks, Joe, appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right, we are back here with producer Craig for my 100% surefire prediction of the day working title. Craig, I'm going to make a a prediction here. It's pretty well known that Amy Schumer, the co-host of the Oscars, is kind of openly feuding with the producers of the show. She went public with her displeasure that they nixed her idea to pipe in Zelensky, the president of Ukraine to talk to the world via the Oscars, which sounds like an incredibly short-sighted and potentially explosive thing that thankfully is not happening on the Oscars. Um, But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we're going to read a lot more about the Amy Schumer Oscars producer feud. You should
0: go one step further. They should be publicly, the Oscars should be promoting their struggles with Amy Schumer. I think that would increase viewership.
1: There, yes, there should be just a, a constant page six loop of stories about how awful she's being and you know the fights over different bits. And I had heard that she wanted to do a parody of the Nicole Kidman AMC Theaters ads and they didn't want her to do that. And they should actually just go public and be like- Lean into all of that. Say,
0: we're, we are unsure what Amy's going to do in the opening 20 minutes. We're a little yeah. bit
1: nervous. It's been a struggle. She won't talk to anybody. She's sequestered herself. It's just her and Bruce Valanche. She might go full Gervais. We don't know. <laughs> That would be amazing if, you know, by the end, everyone's like, will she come out? Will she not come out? Will she come out with, you know, two middle fingers to the world? Um, Yeah, that would be amazing. I I don't think it's going to get to that. The Oscars have way, way less of a sense of humor about this stuff than we do. But you will read a lot about the behind the scenes feuds on this stuff. I look forward to it. All right. Thank you. Thank you to Mark Harris. Thank you to Joe Adalian. Thank you to you for listening. We will be back tomorrow with a bonus episode this week on the Oscars. It's uh, it's going to be a great one.
2: This episode is brought to you by State Farm.